the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If you want to gauge where a nation is morally or spiritually, look at the leaders of the nation. What kind of leaders do they have? Look at how they exercise power that they have. Are they honoring God with their power? Are they passing laws that honor God? Or are they using their position to serve themselves? So that's a good gauge for a nation to determine where it is morally, spiritually. Many of us can probably admit to complaining about certain politicians or policies from time to time, if we're to be honest. What we might not realize, however, is that the current state of any given country's leadership is often an indicator of its spiritual state. As Pastor Dan discusses in his message today, corrupt politics and evil leaders is certainly due to spiritual decay. In his study, you'll learn about the moral and spiritual compromise of ancient Israel that ultimately led to its destruction. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 22 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now we come to verse 6, and beginning in verse 6, God speaks against the leaders of Jerusalem. He says, look, the princes, that would be the leaders, the princes of Israel, each one has used his power to shed blood in you. Instead of using their power in ways that would honor God, And serve the people, the leaders of Jerusalem used their power to serve themselves. Even shedding innocent blood, it says, to serve their own purposes. For example, if you're a note taker, 2 Kings chapter 24 verse 4. This is just one example, there's a bunch of examples. But it says of King Manasseh that he filled Jerusalem with innocent blood. As king. And so what we see here is, you know, as the nation is coming to the end, is about to be judged, we see the leaders are corrupt in the nation, and everybody knows it. You know, one commentator said the social, listen to this, the social disintegration within Jerusalem was reflected first and foremost in the manner in which power was exercised. By her leaders. Let me read that to you again. The social disintegration within Jerusalem was reflected first and foremost in the manner in which power was exercised by her leaders. If you want to gauge where a nation is morally 
or spiritually, look at the leaders of the nation. What kind of leaders do they have? Look at how they exercise power that they have. Are they honoring God with their power? Are they passing laws that honor God? Or are they using their position to serve themselves? That's a a good gauge for a nation to determine where it is morally, spiritually. Look at verse 7. In you, they have made light of father and mother. Okay, as, as the nation was nearing the end, they had contempt for parents. They had contempt for mothers and fathers in the nation. In your midst, they have oppressed the stranger. In you, they have mistreated the fatherless and the widow. The leaders exploited foreigners that were living in the nation. They mistreated the most vulnerable people in society. That would be the fatherless and the widows, those who are not connected to any kind of family. They were the most vulnerable Again, if if you want to gauge where a nation is morally, where a nation is spiritually, what do the leaders think about families? What What do the leaders think about the nuclear family? What do they think about fathers and mothers and parental authority? Deuteronomy 27 verse 16 says, Cursed is the one who treats his father or mother with contempt. This was happening in Israel on a national level. How do they treat foreigners living in their land? Do they exploit them? Uh, Do the leaders protect the most vulnerable and helpless in their society? Or do they uh, use their position to exploit the most vulnerable? Verse 8 says, You have despised my holy things and profaned my Sabbaths. Again, this is speaking of the leaders of Israel in the last days before the nation was judged. The leaders of Jerusalem had disdain for God. They had disdain for God. They despised holy things. They profaned the Sabbath. The word Sabbath there, it's in the plural in the Hebrew, meaning all the Sabbaths within the law. Not just the the weekly Sabbath day. They profaned all the Sabbaths. So the leaders were against Yahweh. It's not that they were atheists. They they were against Yahweh, the God of the Bible, and the people of God. And then we also see that the city of Jerusalem was characterized by every kind of depravity. Look at verse 9. In you are men who slander to cause bloodsheds. Again, there's a lot of violence. And in you are those who eat on the mountains. That's speaking of idolatry uh, on the mountaintops. In your midst, they commit lewdness. And you men uncover their father's nakedness. In you, they violate women who are set apart during their impurity. One commits abomination with his neighbor's wife. Another lewdly defiles his daughter-in-law and another in you violates his sister, his father's daughter. Uh, you know, again, what we see here is that there was just unimaginable sexual perversion in the nation just before the end. Unthinkable things were happening. 
I'm sure that you saw the news this past week or last week about the, all the children that were rescued in Georgia. I think it was like, it was like almost 40 kids. You know, the youngest was three years old. It's just unthinkable. And, you know, that's what you have here. All these just perverted sins happening in the nation. All these sins, by the way, uh, that are mentioned here, they were specifically forbidden in the law. Uh, in, in Leviticus chapters 18 to 20, it's very clearly laid out in, in the law. But at this point in the nation, there's a complete disregard for God's standard and, and for you know, appropriate boundaries in their perversion. There were no boundaries. There was nothing that was off limits in their perversion. And again, this is talking about the leaders of the nation here. Verse 12, it says, in you they take bribes to shed blood. Again, the leaders can be bribed. You take usury and increase. They're charging interest. They're they're exploiting people, taking advantage of people. You have made profit from your neighbors by extortion and have forgotten me, says the Lord God. This was the main cause at the heart of all of their sin, all of their perversion, they forgot God. This is the root cause right here. Everything else is just a symptom. You know, one commentator said, when one forgets God and leaves his ways, the path into every kind of abomination opens before him. And that's true. Once you leave God, once you leave God's word and God's standards of right and wrong, Every kind of abomination opens up before you. Anything goes at that point. There is no right. There is no wrong. There's nothing. There's nothing restricting. There's nothing restraining morality at that point. Once you just set God aside and set his standard aside. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Verse 13, Behold, therefore, I beat my fists at the dishonest profit which you have made and at the bloodshed which has been in your midst. Can your heart endure or can your hands remain strong in the days when I shall deal with you? I, the Lord, have spoken and will do it. I will scatter you among the nations. I will disperse you throughout the countries and remove your filthiness completely from you. You shall defile yourself in the sight of the nations. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Uh, Just as in the previous chapters, we've seen this before, God promised not only to conquer Jerusalem and Judah, but to scatter them and exile, to send them out among the nations, remove them from the land that he gave them. 
going back to the time of Moses, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, before they even came into the promised land, God warned the children of Israel that he would remove them from the promised land if they rebelled against him, if they turned from him as they've done. God, so they've known this all along before they even came into the land. God warned them that this would happen. And he says at the end of verse 16, then you shall know that I'm the Lord. Once you've been removed from your own homeland and you've been scattered in all the nations, then you'll know that I am the Lord. Through, through their punishment, they will know that He is the Lord. I, I would rather know God through His blessings and His benefits than His punishment. So now we come to the second section of the chapter. Remember the little outline I gave you at the very beginning. In verses 17 to 22, God tells us how he will judge Jerusalem. And he uses a a metaphor here or a parable of verse 17. The word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, the house of Israel. Notice what he says, has become dross to me. They are all bronze, tin, iron and lead in the midst of a furnace They have become dross from silver. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, because you have all become dross, therefore, behold, I will look what he says. I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem as men gather silver, bronze, iron, lead and tin into the midst of a furnace to blow fire on it, to melt it. So I will gather you in my anger and in my fury and I will leave you there. And melt you. Yes, I will gather you and blow on you with the fire of my wrath. And you shall be melted in its midst. As silver is melted in the midst of a furnace. So shall you be melted in its midst. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury on you. What God does here is God compares Jerusalem to a furnace. And a furnace in the Bible is often used to describe uh, God's refining process. You know, with the, the refiner's fire. God will use trials in our lives. He'll use, you know, the, the fire of trial to purify us, right? And to separate out the, the, the dross, the impurity, so that the dross can be removed. And what happens in a refining process as the metal is melted in the fire, the dross will start to float on top and uh, the, the metalsmith can scrape off the dross. And the dross is all the impurities. And then they're just left with, with pure silver or pure gold. But if you, if, you, if you look closely at this passage, this is not a furnace of refining that God is describing here. This is the furnace of judgment. And notice that God says in verse 18 that the house of Israel has become dross to me. So this, he's, not, he's not refining them. He says, you're the dross. You're, you're the impurity. <laughs> you're the impurity that needs to be removed. So, you know, it's beyond refining. He's not just trying to purify him here. He, he's saying, you know, you're, you're the impurity. You're the dross. You're the part that needs to be 
removed. And he says here, the way he's going to do this, it says, God says, I I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem will become like a great big furnace. Now, we, we know historically that during times of invasion or the threat of invasion, People that lived out in the countryside, outside the cities, when an enemy army began to invade the land, they would leave the countryside and flee to the walled cities where it was safe. And they would take refuge in the walled cities. We know, for example, when Hezekiah was king and the Assyrians came in, the Assyrian army came in to lay siege to Jerusalem, we know that Hezekiah began to expand the city and build additional walls around the city to take in all of the people that lived outside the city walls that were fleeing into the city for protection. And so he had to expand the walls of the city to accommodate all those people seeking sanctuary in the city because of the Assyrians. This was a common thing. But we're told here as this picture that God uses when the Babylonians come into the land, the people will once again flee into the city of Jerusalem and take refuge inside the city, thinking they're safe inside the walled city. But really, they're being gathered there for judgment. It's like a great big furnace. And the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, When he laid siege to the city of Jerusalem, he set it on fire. And all of the people that had taken refuge in the city where they thought they were safe inside the city, they were trapped in that city during the fire and it became like a big furnace for them and they couldn't escape and they all perished in the fire. Same thing happened, by the way, in 70 AD uh, when the Romans laid siege to Jerusalem, and many people took refuge in the city of Jerusalem and in the temple. And many people believed that, many Jews believed that the Messiah would come and rescue them. And so they just stood in the courts of the temple in Jerusalem thinking the Messiah is going to come at any minute. And the Romans set the city on fire and set the temple on fire. And they perished in the fire. So that brings us to verse 23. And we have the third section of the chapter beginning in verse 23, describing those who would be affected by the judgment of Jerusalem. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, say to her, say to Jerusalem, and really the whole land of Israel, you are a land that is not cleansed or rained on in the day of indignation. You know, the the land needs to be cleansed of its corruption. How is he going to do that? By removing the children of Israel out of the land. Verse 25. The conspiracy of her prophets in her midst is like a roaring lion tearing the prey. They have devoured people. They have taken treasure and precious things They have made many widows in her midst. This is talking about the false prophets that were in Jerusalem 
they contributed to the destruction of Jerusalem. Remember the false prophets, we've talked about them before. They were preaching a false message and the people believed their message. Uh, you know, so there was a, a lot of false information going around and the false teachers of the false prophets, they were the loudest. And those were the ones that were getting hurt. Nobody was really listening to the true prophets like Ezekiel or Jeremiah. Uh, and these, these false prophets, they were telling people that God's never going to allow anything to happen to Jerusalem and you're safe in Jerusalem. And, you know, as long as you're in the city, God will protect you. And so the people believed them, believed this false message, and they perished as a result of it. That's what is meant at the end of verse 25. They've made many widows in her midst. The the false prophets were directly responsible for making many widows in the land. Their false message killed people, led to their death. So we have this indictment against the false prophets. Now in verse 26, we have an indictment against the priests. Her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have not, look what it says, they've not distinguished between the holy and the unholy. Nor have they made known the difference between the unclean and the clean. And they have hidden their eyes from my Sabbath so that I am profaned uh, among them. This is the priests. This is the religious leaders. Even the religious leaders were corrupt. And the, the, you know, the, the priest's job was to teach the people God's commands. And the priest's job was to teach the people what, what is holy and what is unholy. And to teach them the difference between clean and unclean. And, and the way they were to do that was to teach the law to the people. In fact, God had the priests when they weren't serving in the temple in Jerusalem because they only had to serve a couple weeks out of the year at the temple. He had the priests living in cities throughout the land so that there was always a priest living nearby, either in your town or the next town over. There was always a priest around. There was always somebody around that was teaching the word of God. And there was always a priest that you could go to nearby. If you had a question, you had a concern, you were seeking the Lord's will for your life and you wanted some guidance from the scripture. There was a priest nearby in your town, the next town over, and you could go talk to him and he would share with you what the word of God says to give you guidance for your life. But but what had happened in the nation is the priests were no longer teaching the law. They were no longer teaching the word and and they were no longer studying the word themselves. And so the priests no longer knew the difference between holy and unholy or the difference between something that is clean or unclean. And so they couldn't convey that to the people. They themselves didn't know the difference. They weren't teaching the people the difference. And so the religious leaders' failure to teach the word of God and to teach the people what is holy and unholy and clean and unclean contributed to the moral corruption of the nation. He asked me how I know and I say 
Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan as we study verse by verse through the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 through 27, the Lord says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. No matter how far away you stray from God, He never gives up on you. He always offers restoration and hope, even after you might reject it. What a gift and what love. If you'd like to hear this message again or more from Pastor Dan, we encourage you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. We also encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with Jesus. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together at 10 a.m. on Sunday to worship our Savior and study God's Word. And we'd be honored to share that time with you. Check out calvaryec.com to find directions and to learn more about the church behind this ministry. Again, that was Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. We're so glad you joined us today, and we pray this message has been a blessing and encouraged you in your faith. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the book of Ezekiel when you tune in again, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. It's true.